Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Keller, along with main man, as always, Matt McNeil. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I am doing, doing. That's what I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing plus. You're doing plus? <laughs> yeah, plus I'm one doing or a, minus one? Uh, we'll go with a plus one today. You're in a plus one. I'm, yeah. I think I'm at a, I think I will just call it a plus one. You know what happened to me this morning? I took... My daughter to school like running around trying to get her to go it's really cold here i took her to school and we pull into the parking lot and it, there's nobody there and i'm like what is going on so i call my wife i'm like are they having school today and she's like um oh shit it's a 90 minute delay she checks her email <laughs> i'm like oh god she's like drive home and, and I taught her she's like well where are we going why, why are we going in i'm like because they're delaying school so that's how my day started which is just awesome um because i'm stupid and didn't check my email uh but other than that that's what's going on it's it's going to be 80 or 81 here today it's just this is insanity and tomorrow it's gonna be back down to freezing so this is not a, this has not been a winter for us but no man no no um, no 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 yeah it's just uh just, this is kind of weird, weird weather all over the country. Yeah. You know, we had a, a one of our listeners uh, wrote in and basically uh, wanted to take you up on your offer that you had okay. mentioned in one of our previous podcasts, which was that you would do some book reviews about some good books for people that would help them. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to throw you a curveball today and say, you know what? On the cuff, throw me a do a do a book review or two. For our listeners hmm. that you might think would have value for them, because okay. you said you have notes for it, so yeah, I'm I got just lots throw of notes. the floor to you. And, and oh man, now you're putting me on the spot. What the hell are we going to talk about? Uh, which even... book are we going to do? Well, okay, let's see. Last week we talked about um, sleep, benefits of sleep, right? Yep, that's what we talked about. Um, we did get a couple questions about sleep, but we can. We can maybe answer those next time. If you want to do a book review, let's do. So one of the books I think I mentioned um, is a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew, a guy named Matthew Walker. Could we, should we talk about that? I've read sure. that book a couple of times. I've got sure. probably 25 pages like I said, of notes. This is kind of, we're free, we're free forming <laughs> um, today. Okay. Uh, let me pull up a couple things here because I don't have all this memorized. I don't have all my notes memorized. Okay, why we sleep? Let's look through some of my stuff. I, I tend to pull a lot of quotes uh, from books that I think are really important. Let me start with this one. This is a, a, a couple paragraphs. 
uh, from Why We Sleep. Uh, the, the, the subtitle is Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. And like I said before, sleep is the foundation. It's it's not uh, just a pillar. It's the it's the foundation for everything else. So if you're not getting good sleep, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to get the benefits of a good uh, of exercise and the benefits of nutrition. And it's it's going to be difficult for you to uh, you know, stay healthy if you're not getting good sleep. And, um, and if I remember correctly, you, most of your people that come to see you, that is an underlying theme. So it's a 95 percent. It's the sleep goes, and then that's where the house uh, of cards just crumbles. It just falls apart. Because again, the foundation cracks, right? What happens to the house? You can have the best walls in the world. You can have the best fixtures, and you know, and it's going to start to fall and crack, and you're going to get big. You know, things aren't going to start to work. That's what sleep is like. So here's a quote. Here's a. I'm just going to read this to you because this felt really important to me when I read this book. So this is a a quote from Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. A balanced diet and exercise are of vital importance, yes, but we now see sleep as the preeminent force in this health trinity. The physical and mental impairments caused by one night of bad sleep dwarf those caused by an equivalent absence of food or exercise. It is difficult to imagine any other state naturally or medically manipulated that affords a more powerful redressing physical and mental health at every level of analysis. Based on a rich new scientific understanding of sleep, we no longer have to ask what sleep is good for. Instead, we are now forced to wonder whether there are any biological functions that do not benefit from a good night's sleep. So far, the results of thousands of studies insist that no, there aren't. Emerging from this research renaissance is an unequivocal message Sleep is the single most effective thing we can do to reset our brain and body health each day. Mother's nature's best effort yet at contra death. Unfortunately, the real evidence that makes clear all the dangers that befall individuals and societies when sleep becomes short have not been clearly telegraphed to the public. It is the most glaring omission in the contemporary health conversation. In response, this book is intended to serve as a scientifically accurate intervention addressing this unmet need and what I hope is a fascinating journey of discovery. It aims to revise our cultural appreciation of sleep and reverse our neglect of it. So that's kind of from the introduction of of this book. Well, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? So I read that to you. I I believe it because I, I know what sleep or the lack thereof or a lot, you know, when I, on a, and not just one day, but multiple days, what it does right. to you it, throughout the day. So that, that I feel like go, it's, it's a very, there's a very clear um, connection between those things. Right. So yes, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. I'm, and everybody knows it. Uh, but I don't know that I ever would have ever thought that it was more uh, detrimental yeah. than lack of uh, good food and good exercise. Right. It's way it, it dwarfs food and exercise. Like, astronomically is there some sort of um um i can't i don't want to say formula that basically because everybody's different uh and it may be at different points in their life where you know okay i really need to get this amount of sleep uh compared to someone else that says hey i need eight hours i need six or you know six is good for you eight's good for you yeah how is there a way for them to figure that out you just yeah there are there are studies that you can do um you can actually get formal sleep studies which there's no reason to go do that unless you've got a sleep problem. Um, there are There is kind of a magic number, but 
a lot of it is going to come down to like your own sort of biorhythms and how you feel. And, uh, you know, there's some rudimentary kind of self tests you can do and you can play around with it. But I think first is just start to like observe um, how you actually feel. Uh, what, when you go to, when do you go to sleep and what was your, how did your sleep from your own evaluation of it? How, how was your night's sleep? Was it disrupted? Was it good? Did you dream? Did you not? Do you feel rested when you wake up? Do you not feel rested? Um, I use something called an aura ring, O-U-R-A. It's got a, um, it's got sensors in it and it tracks actually sleep stages. It tracks your heart rate. It tracks your heart rate variability. HRV. So there's all these other biological factors that you can look at to determine whether you're getting a good night's sleep or not. What I like about this ring is it actually kind of learns over time. It learns how you sleep and it, it figures out where your baseline is and whether you veer on the plus or the minus side of that baseline. So it's, it's a pretty cool device. Um, well, getting uh, back to the book. Yeah. I but getting back so to the book. Yeah, I won't let you get okay. too far down the so road. So what, what were some key takeaways? Take homes. Yeah, key takeaways. One is sleep is universal. Here's a, here's a quote. I, I pull, Like I said, I pull quotes where I feel like the take homes are. He writes, without exception, every animal species studied to date sleeps or engages in something remarkable, remarkably like it. This includes insects such as flies, bees, cockroaches, and scorpions, fish from small perch to larger sharks, amphibians such as frogs, and reptiles such as turtles. Komodo dragons and chameleons all have a bona fide sleep. Ascend the evolutionary ladder further, and we find all types of birds and mammals sleep from shrews to parrots, kangaroos, polar bears, bats, and of course, we humans. Sleep is universal. So that's a, that's, I think that's an important take home is that biologically, to be alive, sleep is, and if you think about sleep, it's kind of this absurd thing that we do because it makes you vulnerable. And it it makes you you're, you're not actually, you know, what we would de define as productive when you're sleep. But biologically, every species has to do it. It's regenerative. We have to sleep. It's regenerative. Well, that's the benefits of it. Under under you know behind the curtain is one of the benefits of it. So sleep is universal. Um, there's another concept that he talks about, uh, which is baseline resetting. Here's a here's a quote that demonstrates that. This is like the discerning quote that, you know, to summarize this section, uh, individuals fail to recognize how their perennial state of sleep efficiency has come to compromise their mental aptitude and physical vitality, in, including the slow accumulation of ill health. A link between the former and latter is rarely made in their mind. Based on epidemiological studies of average sleep time, millions of individuals unwittingly spend years of their life in a suboptimal state of psychological and physiological functioning, never maximizing their potential of mind or body due to their blind persistence in sleeping too little. 60 years of scientific research prevents me from accepting anyone who tells me that he or she can get by on just four or five hours of sleep a night just fine. So I used to be that guy is I can sleep four hours. I'm good. I prided myself on that. I don't need sleep. Or my twenty, my wife always gives me shit about it because she was always like, "You're stupid, uh, you know, you're an idiot." Because I was like, "I don't need sleep. I I get four hours, five hours," and and I was like, you know, I could just hammer myself through it, no issues. And I was dead wrong. The research shows that nobody, I don't care who you are, and I deal with a lot of CEOs and stuff that 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 they've 
bought into that 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 thing of I don't need to get a lot of sleep because I'm too busy and I can just I know how to it's bullshit. You cannot get by on that. So to answer your question before, the average is seven to nine hours. There are people that can do six and a lot of it is genetic. And there are specific genes that he talks about in this book that you can get tested to see, are you one of these people um, that that can get by on that that little amount of sleep? Um, but some people need, you know, you know, nine or, or 10 hours, anything over that, it can actually become suboptimal. You can can damage your health if you sleep too much. Um, now there are are exceptions to that. Some very famous athletes um, sleep twelve hours a day, like Roger Federer, um, some basketball players, right? But they're the amount of energy that they're outputting in practice and in game is far more than the average person, and they need that sleep to restore. And so that that's how they do it. But you know, eight hours of sleep every night that that is is about what is recommended. Um, so, you know, you know, the, the, the problem is you don't know how sleep deprived you are when you're sleep deprived because your, your level of assessment and functioning is diminished. So, you know, make the connection, start to work, look at what your baseline is. So that's, that's one of the, one of the big takeaways. Another takeaway is looking at some of the statistics, um, and looking at the science to to determine what is good practice for sleep. So here's here's a quote. When communicating science to the general public in lectures or writing, I'm always weary of bombarding an audience with never-ending mortality and morbidity statistics, lest they themselves lose the will to live in front of me. That's kind of funny. It is hard not to do so with such compelling masses of studies in the field of sleep deprivation. Often, however, a single astonishing result is all the people need to apprehend the point. For cardiovascular health, and so the, this is the point, is about cardiovascular health and sleep. For cardiovascular health, I believe that finding that, that finding comes from a global experiment in which 1.5 billion people are forced to reduce their sleep by one hour or less for a single night each year. It is very likely that you have that you have been part of this experiment, otherwise known as daylight savings time. In the Northern Hemisphere, this blew me away. This is just like crazy. And I looked into it and it was like, oh my God, it's totally validated. In the Northern Hemisphere, the switch to daylight savings time in March results in most people losing an hour of sleep opportunity. Should you tabulate millions of daily hospital records, as researchers have, you discover that the seemingly trivial sleep reduction comes with a frightening spike in heart attacks the following day. Impressively, it works both ways. In the autumn, within the Northern Hemisphere, when the clock, clocks move forward and we gain an hour of sleep opportunity, rates of heart attacks plummet the day after. A similar rise and fall relationship can be seen with with the number of traffic accidents, proving that the brain, by by the way of attention lapses and microsleeps, is just as sensitive as the heart to very small perturbations of sleep. Most people think nothing of losing an hour of sleep for a single night, believing it to be trivial and inconsequential. It is anything but. I mean, there, this book is filled with an insane amount of, of statistics to take sleep a lot more seriously. So heart attack spike, the amount, the death, uh, mortality of car accidents among teenagers, among children increases by, you know, 
or or decreases if you increase the amount of sleep that they get. So why you know start school at seven fifty is absurd. It should be starting school at nine. Um, and infant uh, childhood mortality rates go down because of car accidents and all of a sudden. So the the impact of sleep is just it's it's just nuts. So the statistics is alone. Read this book just to get some of the statistics of sleep. Another big takeaway, digital technology, hmm. right? Here's a quote. A recent survey of over 1,500 American adults found that 90% of individuals regularly use some form of portable electronic device 60 minutes or less before bedtime. It has a very real impact on your melatonin release and thus ability to uh, to time the onset of sleep. One of the earliest studies that uh, found that using an iPad, an electronic tablet enriched with blue LED light for two hours prior to bed blocked the otherwise rising levels of melatonin by a significant 23%. Most researchers uh, research goes several concerning steps further. Healthy adults lived for a two-week period in a tightly controlled laboratory environment. The two-week period was split in half, containing two different experimental arms that everyone passed through. One, five nights of reading a book on an iPad for several hours before bed. No other iPad uses such as email or internet were allowed. So just reading a book. And two, five nights of reading a printed paper book for several hours before bed with the two conditions randomized in terms of which the participants, in terms of which the participants experienced first or second. So it's randomized. Compared to reading a printed book, reading on an iPad suppresses melatonin releases by over 50% at night. Indeed, an iPad reading delayed the rise of melatonin by up to three hours relative to the natural rising, the same individual's experience when reading a printed book. When reading on the iPad, their melatonin peak, their melatonin peak and thus instruction to sleep did not occur until the early morning hours rather than before midnight. Unsurprisingly, individuals took longer to fall asleep after iPad reading relative to print copy reading. Kind of some pretty big implications of this. I mean, I would guarantee that most of you who are listening to this have a phone on in your face before you go to sleep. It's probably the last thing you do. I mean, and well, not just I like bet a lot of people alarm, just lay in bed for a little while. They and... stay in bed. That's my wife every night. She's sitting there with a the phone, you know, just like reading. She's just reading emails or catching up on this or that or whatever, reading the news. So that's a pretty big thing. And I think you know, the, the, the rates of childhood sleep disorders are like through the roof in the last, oh, 14 years. Well, what's happened in the last 14 years? iPhones, iPads, devices. Yeah. We've always had laptops, but most people don't sit with a laptop in their lap when they're trying to go to sleep, but an iPad is easy. So yeah. there is something, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot more research on this and there is, they are going to, um, they're gonna, they're gonna find that these things are like the worst, the, just the, the worst. So I wonder about like a Kindle, you know, as far as, cause it's a total, it's a different blue type light. Of, uh, I mean, you could lighting. use blue light locking. If, yeah. But I, either way, it's still, it's still an electronic. So blue light emitting devices. You could use, uh, I, I have blue light glasses that I'll use if I just have to be on a device. How old is this uh, book? Uh, two years. Oh, so it's, yeah, very it's, it's very new. Yeah. And so uh, another, another, I guess, big takeaway is, you know, uh, 
3,400,000 years versus 100 years. So here's a quote. Within the space of a mere 100 years, human beings have abandoned their biologically mandated need for adequate sleep, which is really a result of, of artificial light. That screwed everything up, is the, the invention of the light bulb. It's some great things, but it, it wrecked a lot of things. Um, so is, okay, okay, within the space of a mere 100 years, human beings have abandoned their biologically mandated need for adequate sleep, one that evolution spent 3,400,000 years perfecting in service of light support functions. As a result, the uh, decimation of sleep throughout the industrialized nations is having a catastrophic impact on our health, our life expectancy, our safety, our productivity, and the education of our children. This silent sleep loss epidemic is the greatest public health challenge we face in the 21st century in developed nations. If we wish to avoid the suffocating effects of sleep neglect, the premature, the premature death it inflicts, and the sickening health it invites, a radical shift in our personal, cultural, professional, and societal appreciation of sleep must occur. I believe it is time for us to reclaim our right to a full night of sleep without embarrassment or the damaging stigma of laziness. In doing so, we can be reunited with the most powerful elixir of wellness and vitality, dispensing through every conceivable biological pathway. Then we may remember what it feels like to be truly awake during the day, infused with the deepest plentitude of being. That's his final piece on the book. Uh, really impactful. And what what I take away from that, like the big takeaway is, is for me is, this idea of being tough and maybe that's because i'm like a guy and you know as pilots we're taught like you know just disrupt your circadian don't get any sleep tough it out you know don't call fatigue unless you just don't really want to be there or you're pissed at the airline like don't use 117 um, because it might make you kind of a wimp and that is just i've completely shifted my thinking in the last decade on this is there's nothing tough or smart or you know more stamina or resiliency by getting less sleep it makes you lazy it makes you stupid and it makes you sick by not getting sleep just like having a poor diet makes you fat dumb and lazy well not having sleep makes you like it just makes you ineffective and sick and stupid so you got to defend your sleep with you know like your life depends on it because well you know apparently it does what would what would you say was the biggest single surprise that uh, something you just didn't expect in there? Something the, you already the, said the or something? The stats, the stats were disturbingly uh, like alarming, absolutely alarming. Uh, like safety statistics. No, I'm I'm a human factors person. That's my you know I'm always looking at safety statistics. The 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 safety implications of starting school early, of not getting good sleep, teenagers being on iPads all night. Or having their phones in their room is like it's more there's mortality associated with it with those stats did they uh i i get the difference between a first world and a third world yeah within the first world was there any breakout of cultural like or different nationalities european i didn't versus... didn't get into that no it was more just like developed nation that has access to ipads and devices and the idea is if i know there's studies um epidemiological studies on socioeconomic class and devices and what they found is, is there's no difference in usage of devices whether you have money or you don't if you have a device you're you're going to be addicted to it because these devices do stuff in your brain 
that makes you addicted. We That's a whole nother podcast, but there is digital addiction. It's a pandemic. I mean, drive around. Just here's what I want all my listeners to do and send me emails confirming this. You probably see it all the time anyways, but drive around and notice how many people have their phone in their face while they're driving. Or when they're at a stoplight, they immediately take a, a you know, get, get the crack hit of, of looking at the phone. As soon as they hit the stoplight, phone comes up. They don't have to be at the stoplight. They'll do it while they're driving. Right. They're doing it while they're driving, but watch. It's everybody. It's everybody. And like from a safety perspective, I'm like, I want fully autonomous cars because people do not pay attention. And they are, you can tell which accident was like a, a, a technological device related accident. It's like, oh, a four car, car pileup in the middle of nothing, you know, because somebody had their face and their phone and people are dying because of it. Do you want your loved one to die because somebody had to look at their text? They need to crack down on this so hard. And if you're driving around looking at your phone, you should not be doing that. You as and as pilots, don't tell me we can multitask. Then why do they have two of us up there and why do we use automation? Don't give me that. It doesn't exist. And if you're driving around looking at your phone, you are risking killing somebody. And that person is somebody's everything. So put your phones away. I'm begging you, put your phones away. It's not worth it. And and try to improve your sleep. But that was the big, the big piece for me was the statistics was just like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is, this is just awful what we've done and what we're doing to our kids. Just out of curiosity, was there anything in there that you kind of go, ah, I don't, don't buy that. Or was it all just made so much? No, sense? I mean, I, I'm always like, you know, look, what I like about reading, um, and look, if you're like anti-science or something, you think it's all fixed. I can't help you uh, you know <laughs> science is what we got it's not perfect it, it's you know and science changes okay that's the whole point is it changes just like an fom right you get more information and it changes right so um but what i like is this is walker is a scientist a very respected hardcore scientist and he uses double blind randomized controlled trials like you know they're using real science and scientific method to to get to these he does not look at voodoo or uh, anecdotal stuff he looks at the hard science of sleep and and there's a plethora of studies out there so what I, I i think you know i think it's always evolving i don't think oh my god we've got it we know no he wouldn't claim that science is always evolving so you always got to look at things through the lens of this is an evolution um but there are trends and you know if you're paying attention you start to realize okay there's probably something here to this um, as it evolves. So nothing in there was like, oh, come on, this is crazy. I mean, I think it when you're you're reading something on this or we're talking about sleep, it tends to to put this message message out of like, oh my God, this is the most important thing ever, which is not true. We're just we're just focusing on the task. Um, and if you take everything at, you know, to heart in here, you'll feel like you're gonna die if you don't get eight hours of sleep, which is just not true. Um, but I think it's the long-term effects you want to be looking at uh, that over time, you know, th this can really hurt you. But 
you know, don't get crazy and scared. I mean, you're some nights you're going to have a shitty night of sleep. And sometimes you just can't get that amount of sleep because you've got things to do. And I, I get that, but it's that do a little, a lot. Don't do a lot, a little kind of attitude toward your sleep, I think makes a long-term difference. And one of our previous episodes, we had said that we were going to kind of do maybe even a whole podcast episode on the effects of pain uh, yeah. and effects on sleep. Did he talk yeah. at anything about pain? There's and, and is mentions of, of, yeah, of pain and how it affects sleep. Yeah. It's a little bit talked in there. It's talking there, but we can talk about that. Maybe, maybe next time we'll, we'll yeah, it's a little but, bit, probably too in depth and we're it's a little in depth be a shorter day, a shorter episode today. Yeah, so. yeah. So anyways, we're, yeah, that's it. That's why we sleep. You don't have to go read it now unless you want to, you want to get dorky on it, but those are the big takeaways, at least that I pulled from it. So we'll be doing more of these, uh, on a, on a occasional basis. Because um, uh, we've been asked multiple times by people recently about these book reviews. So every now and then we'll just interject one in and just kind of make it about uh, about a different subject. Yep. Um, anything else you want to throw in for today? I think we covered it. We'll let people go. Yep. This is one of the shortest episodes we've had. Yeah. But um, still, I thought it was, uh, sleep is important. I mean, it, and, and I think we don't give it enough um we don't look at it and, and we just kind of dismiss it and say it's not a big deal when it like you said it really is yep once again thanks for listening please give a thumbs up a like keep spreading the word about uh the lift effect podcast if you uh want to send in a question or a comment it's podcast at lifteffect.com thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one have a good week everybody Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect podcast.